0: Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored. Putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Ruthless Equity. The name, Ken Williams. With 31 openings, I am excited that we're getting close to filling all of our positions. I took a flyer and made a phone call to a stud I met the other afternoon. Shanna Wright had the talk of an excited, intelligent educator, and I breathed that vision fire on her for about 40 minutes, and there was a definite professional synergy. I offered her the position immediately. The wildest thing was, all this took place over the phone. I did my first phone interview, I'm pumped. I wrote her a thank you note immediately, along with one to her mother. I've been spreading the gospel of the handwritten note for years. I think she will have an even better idea of what I'm about once her mom receives her note. Listen, I have revamped my professional development offerings. You can find them at unfoldthesoul.com. Touch the speaking tab. I've got two new offerings. The first is the three-hour virtual PD experience with me. And then the second is the in-person PD experience. Notice I don't call these presentations or workshops because, I don't know, No, but I do know. I've gotten to a point in my career. One, my confidence is at an all-time high. I know equity like no one else. I know how to make it practical, tangible, meaningful. I know I could turn those states around who have foolishly banned equity from uh, any of their policies. I can help districts that have policies around equity but they're spinning in circles having conversations that don't lead to any kind of improvement in student learning i can move your district from plc light to plc right because i explain plcs like no one else i simplify it it's authentic i can take all those moving parts that are swirling around you all the moving parts and make them make sense if you are interested Advancing your mission of learning for all. Advancing your mission of equity, excellence, and achievement for all students, regardless of background. If you're a fan of rootless equity and uh, want to move your staff or district forward with it, get at a brother now. Go to my site. Go to my page, unfoldthesoul.com. It reminds me of, reminds me of that book I read. It's called... Uh, uh, it reminds me of of nothing, nothing. And I got 950,000, 1,100 books behind me right now on this shelf, and some of them are great, but none of them are like Ruthless Equity. Ruthless Equity is a book like no other, explains equity like no other, speaks to you like no other, the coach on your shoulder, the guide on your side to move you from rhetoric to results regarding your journey with equity. Pick up a copy of Ruthless Equity* at Amazon.com. If you are a fan, you've read it, take a minute, please, and leave a review on Amazon.com. Now, back to the podcast. All right, baby, let's get into it. Listen, we give no way too much power. I think one of my frat brothers, uh, Kenneth Zaki shared this quote with me 35 years ago. He said, the answer to the unasked question is always no. And I've just remembered that for years. And I don't know if it's our fight or flight mechanism or the fact that, you know, more of us are more conservative than we are risk takers. We're always thinking about you know, the other shoe dropping or fatalistic mindset. I don't know. But man, we give no a lot of power. And I want to emphasize that not because I landed this great teacher who I was really excited about, but I want to underscore that I interviewed many other teachers and had great interviews with them and really saw them being there. And listen, in my last principalship, I lay down in front of the car. I'm, I did that one time. I was a principal in Maryland. I was like, you're not leaving here till you sign that contract, baby. But I've had plenty of candidates make another choice. Whether this wasn't the fit for them, they weren't ready for a complete rebuild, my style didn't jive with them, they found a better opportunity that fit. I've taken a lot of swings. So I don't emphasize that no, we give no too much power because I landed Shanna Wright. It's the, the confidence I gained, one, in taking many swings and failing, and more importantly, the realization that no doesn't mean the end of life it didn't ruin my reputation it was not painful it wasn't a personal affront it just means not yet this is not the right fit not the right time and it's just giving me a new perspective on no we give no this power like it's this monster's gonna rain down on us and punish us and inflict physical harm and when I started to turn the corner on this I had someone who was coaching me ask me like literally think of the worst thing that's gonna happen realistically, like realistically. You interview this teacher, you give it everything you got, you breathe fire on her, and she decides we're not the right fit or this is not the right time. Tell me the worst, the absolute worst thing's gonna happen. And I, I thought about it and thought about it. And even though I wanted to come up with things like she gonna take out a knife and then try to stab me and then write a blog about me and ruin my name, even though there were no blogs at the time and all this stuff. But the reality was we're going to shake hands. She's either going to call me or shoot me an email that says she's decided to move in a different direction and we're going to keep it moving, baby. That's it. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. That's the worst case scenario. And the best case scenario is, hey, I'm able to connect with her and this thing happens. Now, you notice I emphasize that this was a phone interview. Listen, phone interviews like Zoom, the pandemic has brought Zoom to the center of all of our lives. And virtual meeting, virtual connection, virtual hiring is commonplace now. It's commonplace. So I just want you to, I just want to give you some context. This is 2006, this happens. And so face to face interviews, that was a thing. In fact, phone interviews were almost, at least from my perspective, almost frowned upon, like you lost something with a phone interview. In fact, this school district that I'm working in, in Georgia, I was living in Maryland at the time, they respected the fact that that's a flight or a drive down, you know, at an expense. And they offered to give me a phone interview and I was like, hell no. Hell no. I scraped some pennies together and flew down to Atlanta. I was like, Look, if I'm going to get this job, it's going to be if I get it or don't get it, it's not going to be co- not going to be because you didn't get my best swing. That was my philosophy. So I didn't even intend to talk about this. But this is just another example of it. I, I They gave me no assurances. There were no guarantees. In fact, to hedge my risk, they offered to give me a phone interview, you know, put the phone in the middle of the table, a conference call. I would meet with the panel. There was no video calling at the time, there's no such thing, but I was like, "Uh uh-uh you're not going to get less than my best swing I need to be there, like I'm bringing energy to the room I want you to see in my eyes there's just something about you know, that face-to-face interaction and I took the risk and went down there it's much like the risk I took calling Shanna and look stereotypes come from somewhere right, all stereotypes come from somewhere and if you met this woman, and she's a spitfire, raised in Maine, like no part of when you listen to her tells you that um, she might have been super familiar with a school nestled in the hood with our kind of challenges, and that might scare some people away. And I didn't hide that from her, right? But what I but what I loved about her, she wasn't jaded. Like she was a spitfire. She was going to bring a different energy. You know, lots of people who came on board here came on with eyes wide open because they interviewed, they saw it. I didn't hide anything from them. I told them about the achievement. Like they saw it in action. They often heard it in action. Like behind the closed door of the principal's office, you could hear the hell being raised out there. Shannon wasn't exposed to any of that because I'm I'm giving her a call in July. But she had some qualities that I really liked. Just a fresh set of eyes, youthful energy definitely was about high levels of learning for all kids they've been trained well educated well and not jaded man not jaded she saw the possibility in all students and I was like you know what if I set her up with the right team and the right people and I keep an eye on her and try to support her she's gonna be fine here She's gonna be baptism by fire no doubt about it but she's gonna be fine here and that was a big deal so I don't Here's another thing. I don't like the name of the podcast. Like, I'm working with my marketing guy, and it's clear that, like, the Bless His Heart Leadership podcast doesn't say anything about what this thing's about. Ruthless Equity is more aligned with my brand, but it does not describe this podcast. This podcast is about leadership in that school. That's what it's about. And so, at some point, I'm going to switch it up again. Welcome to my world of ADD. I'm also writing another book, and it's going to be all about that school leadership and part of the reason why is one one I love it. Like I love it. I can talk about this stuff all day. I love it and I know it. I know I know it at the elementary level like nobody's business. And it's been years since I was in the office. But the thing is I know people and I'm intuitive. And while you know our neighbors here, because he's got a um what's it called? Like a granite company, do countertops and stuff like that. He's like an artist. And my wife's in the kitchen with him Talking about stuff and what we want to do and cutting the countertops down and blah, 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 like that stuff. Like I got no eye for design. I gave that up a long time ago. But I got a thing for people, man. I got a thing for people. I got a thing for leadership. And even though it's been years since I've led a school, I know this shit. And that's what my next book's gonna be about. Because there's something different about that school leadership. There's something about that school, baby. There's some. There's some things that there's some things that are common with all leaders, all school leaders. But man, there are things that just hit different when you leave that school shouting. And everybody who's leading that school right now, everybody who's a teacher at that school knows it. It's just the fact. There just things that are different. There's stuff that happens at that school that can only be understood. The kind of dysfunction you typically walk into, whether it's quiet, desperation dysfunction, or that loud out in front on Front Street disruption. There's only stuff that you got to get folks in the room who work at or lead that school to talk about. And that's what my next book's going to be about. And I have to thank you, the loyal listeners to this podcast, because it gave me a jolt of confidence. I've thought for years, more than a decade, about using some of my journal entries um, in a book. And I thought about it. I started playing with it. I shelved it. But the feedback that I get from you in this podcast is uh, is giving me the confidence that I can make this work. So stay tuned for that. So again, the answer to the unasked question is always no. Don't give no all the power. Take your swing. Take your swing. It not only doesn't cost you a whole lot, you'll gain a whole lot. You'll learn from the experience. You'll get better at it. And then you're going to hit on some of these. You're going to hit on some of these. I also make a a statement about the handwritten note and I'm a big advocate for it. You know, to my left right here is a drawer full of blank notes. I send handwritten notes. I can't emphasize it enough, especially in the age we're living in now where communication is instant. Yes, of course, you should follow up with an immediate email if you've had a great encounter with someone, you know, just for the timeliness of things. But then, man, sit down and just follow it up with a note. There's some days I wake up and I'm not feeling my best. I'm not feeling my strongest or my most positive. And when I'm in the right headspace, more times than not, I say to myself, you know what? Go make someone's day. I don't spend a lot of time on social media, but if I don't have something that comes to mind right away, I'll just, I'll just like, I'll just uh, go on Twitter and I'll just look, I look for something awesome. And I don't have to know the person. I'll just kind of dig a little deeper, find out what school the person's at or the student's at or the leader. I'll just drop my handwritten note. And I do two or three of those. And miraculously, I always end up feeling better about my own situation. Always, always, always. So utilize the power of the handwritten note. It's, um, it's a big deal. It is low tech and high touch. Low tech, high touch. The last thing I'm going to say is this. This one came to me at the last minute. And that is... You notice the very last line of that journal entry was, "I think she'll have an even better idea of what I'm about once her mom receives the note." I wrote them. I wrote her handwritten note and got her mama address and wrote her handwritten note. And let me tell you the the the, the, the genesis for that. It's it's a couple of things. One, I'm paying it for because Lucy Hayes from Montgomery County called my mama as soon as I got hired as a fourth grade teacher in 1992. Hired me and then called my mama to tell her I got a job one and then two for especially relational leaders especially for teachers who are great at relationships with kids one of the most challenging transitions moving from teaching to school leadership whether it's the assistant principalship or the school principalship is when Relational leaders don't immediately understand cascading leadership, and I didn't either. I was great with kids, like great with kids, and I know a part of when I moved into the school leadership role as an AP, and by the time I was a principal, I knew better, but as an AP, a part of my ego was like, you know what? I'm not going to be one of those APs that lose touch with the kids and then you know, lose touch with what's happening in the classroom. I'm going to be great with kids again. So I spent a lot of time in classrooms, a lot of time, you know, connecting with kids, so forth and so on. But you know what I missed? Of course, I was there to support adults. But let me see if this hits you the right way. I told a group of leaders this afternoon, I was on a call with um, a university, Northern Michigan University. They're using the Ruthless Equity Accelerator as a one credit course. And I agreed to do a couple of Zoom calls with them. I did one a couple of hours ago. And one of the things I emphasized was this. Look, it's awesome if you're visiting classrooms, relationships with kids, you're putting it on social media. I get all that. As long as you understand that your primary classroom as a school leader are the adults. That's your primary classroom. So if you can visit kids and connect with kids and take care of your main classroom I'm all for it. So just imagine a 4th grade teacher who spends a lot of time in the kindergarten classroom connecting with kids. As long as she's getting as long as she's connected with her 4th graders and doing everything she's got to do for them, like that extra bonus of connecting with kids at other grade levels is awesome. But if her kids are getting the short end of the stick in 4th grade, while she's building these awesome relationships with kindergartner and first graders, that's going to that's that, that that that's a little weird. That's 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 not going that's not going to fly. And it's the same thing with school leadership. You know, it's it would it's nothing for me to, you know, give a kid a compliment when I was a teacher, and then sit down and call their parents right away and tell them the good news about the great day that Melvin had. Well, that's what I did with Shanna. Right, We had a breakthrough, Shanna accepted the position, I was super excited, and just like what I would have done with a student in my classroom, I wanted to both uh, extend appreciation to her through that handwritten note and call, and get in touch with her mama and tell her she made a great choice. It's, it's just an adult version of what I would do with kids, which is to pour into them, see more in them than they see in themselves, Right? Just reach in there and, and make them feel like they belong. Like, how can you not feel like... Like, Lucy Hayes had me. She called my mother and put her on speaker. I mean, it's I was done. If I wasn't scared of needles, I could have tattooed MCPS for life right there. She had me. I was done. This was not a transactional hire. Like, this woman had me. If she passed me a licking stick MCPS uh, tattoo... From a cracker jack box, the ones used to lick your skin and then you lay it on there, because that's the only tattoo I'll do, because I'm a scared of needles. I would have had one on there. I'm just telling you. So keep that in mind. One, the answer to the unasked question is always no. So take your swings. And two, understand cascading leadership. If you are an assistant principal, a school principal on this call, your classroom are every adult in the building. And you got to nurture them like you want and speak it into them like you want your teachers to speak it into kids. If you're a superintendent on this call, then know that your classroom are the school principals in your district and you got to speak it into them and pour into them the way you want teachers to pour into students. And that's why I tell principals all the time, don't treat your teachers like they're the low group because then they'll turn around and treat their kids like the low group. You get what I'm saying? I hope you do. This is supposed to be a short episode, but it's upwards over 20 minutes right now. So let's wrap this thing up. I'm excited about this book. I got to figure out the structure. I'm going to reach out to you for like suggestions and stuff. And like run some uh, some samples by you. But I'm, I'm super pumped about it. There are just some unique aspects of leading and teaching at that school. And I don't know. When I think about what brings me joy, that's what brings me joy. That's what brings me joy. So I hope this uh, episode was good to you please please share it with others Um, again I don't know what a good listenership number is I'm just happy that anyone listens to this damn thing so make it a great rest of the week go make magic for kids remember there's no chance no destiny no fate that will circumvent hinder or control the firm resolve of a determined soul and always remember to start with the crown not with the kid On the next episode of the Ruthless Equity School Leadership Podcast, staffing in the summer is a game of chess and not checkers, baby. And often it leads to the principal having to make hard decisions that don't make everyone happy. You've been listening to the Ruthless Equity School Leadership Podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit ruthlessequity.com.